Hey, thanks for joining us here at Broad River Church. For video messages and content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our Facebook page. Find us at broadriver.church. This is a great way to stay connected throughout your week, no matter where you are. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Kevin Mullins, for this week's message. So good to see you all here today. Uh, my name is Kevin, and if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, along with my wife Jacinta, we're lead pastors here. We're so glad that you've made the decision to gather in. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles right away to this section of the Bible called Luke. It's the Gospel of Luke. We're going to read there in chapter 2 in just a few minutes. If you use the blue Bibles that are in front of you, it's page 857, um, and you can find Luke chapter 2. Feel free to use one of those Bibles. Feel free to pull it up on your device. Maybe you have your own own Bible here. Um, if you're on the uh, these what I call the VIP seats, right? The, the Bibles are underneath the chair. I call them the VIP seats not because they're reserved. Anybody can sit here, but it's very. But they're the best seats in the house. Okay, so if you get here early, uh, you can take advantage uh, of these seats. We received our legacy offering last week, and I want to give you some really good news this morning. This year's legacy offering is already the largest offering we've ever received, and uh, this is awesome news, right? It's especially exciting because I know that there are still those who are planning on giving throughout the end of the year, but they haven't been able to yet based on timing. So we'll have a final number uh, sometime after the first of the year to report to everyone. But our church has responded in a great way to this one special offering that we receive each year, remembering 100% of this goes to missions that are happening outside of these four walls in Israel and in India, Honduras, the Middle East, and also people in need in Fairfield. County. Um, maybe this is the first you're hearing about it or you don't know much about it. You can get more information on Legacy Offering on our website. You can use our Church Center app. Um, and if you'd like to give, just make sure if you're using the envelopes, you use that Legacy Offering envelope. There's two envelopes there in front of you. Or if you're giving online or by text, just select the Legacy Offering in the drop-down menu. I just want us to keep this awesome momentum uh, going. I think it's God's going to do awesome things through this offering. It might be pretty obvious that today is Baptism Sunday. We had this whole... Uh, yeah, let's give God praise for that. Amen. We're all set up and ready to go. We, we had the normally it's sitting over here, but we have Christmas trees. And so it's in the middle. So I'm preaching for here today and that's fine. I want to let you know this morning, even if you didn't get a chance to let us know that you want to be baptized, um, or even if you decide in the next few minutes, and I hope that you do, that you want to be baptized. We have everything you need to be baptized this morning. There's no need to wait for another day. We have cl clothes for you. We have towels for you. We have water. We have someone willing to put you under the water, right? That's important, right? So uh, be baptized today. You can respond spontaneously in just a few minutes. I'll give you a cue uh, when that time is. But I believe there might be some people that came here today, and as we're going through this gathering, you feel like this is the day uh, that you would be baptized. Believers in Christ have always been baptized to go public with their faith. It's a, a public statement about an internal decision. When, when you are baptized, what you're doing publicly is saying, out loud, I belong to Jesus, 
and Jesus belongs to me. So I'm praying that if you've been considering this, you'll make the decision to be baptized in just a few minutes. By the way, scripturally, if we read the Bible, when is the right time to be baptized? Does anybody know the answer? The, the answer is today or now, right? In the Bible, it's always today or now. Uh, so I want to encourage you to respond today. It will end up being one of the best decisions you ever made in your life. Anybody excited? It's Baptism Sunday. Amen. And we also uh, want to welcome those joining us online that are guests and those that are guests in, in the house today. Broad River Church, let's give them a really warm welcome today. We are so glad that you are with us today. Uh, today is week three of a series called Good News for Christmas. Uh, what we have in mind with good news here is not little g, little n good news. Like when you go to your mechanic, he looks at your car and he says, hey, I've got good news for you. Your engine didn't blow up yet, right? Now, when he says it that way, it's, it's kind of good news, but it's not really great news, right? That's not really so much, right? We're, we are looking at people directly attached to the Christmas story who were the first to receive the biggest news, uh, good news, as Miguel said in Broad River News, in the history of the world. We're about to read it again because I want this to be absolutely ringing in your ears in this season. More, I want this ringing in your ears more than 60% off at J. Crew, right? More than uh, $299 for an 80-inch TV, more than Starbucks has got their new red cups, right? We can do better than that, okay? We can do better. So we're turning the page on a new year. Come on, somebody say, turn the page. It's going to be a fruitful year for many of you, for some of you, the most fruitful year you've ever had in your life with Christ. So let's read Luke chapter 2. Uh, the gospel of Luke chapter 2, we're going to read verse 8, and we have a tradition of standing for a gospel reading, so let's stand to honor the, the reading of the gospel this morning. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and here's what we read. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen and has been told to them. Lord Jesus, thank you for those that you've gathered here today. It is your doing. Lord, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in your sight. So thank you that you have a specific word to say to us, no matter if we were drugged here against our will or we came here willingly or we have different backgrounds and different experiences, a specific word to speak to us today. So thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. And you can be seated today. Waited now. 
poem last week to end my message and I've been thinking about this poem all week long especially a couple of lines from this sonnet written by Malcolm Guiat called The Visitation and this sonnet is about the meeting that happens between Mary the mother of Jesus and Elizabeth Mary's older cousin who is the mother of John the Baptist and I'm not going to read the whole sonnet again I've been reading it all week but there are a few lines here that really sum up what's on my heart to share with you in these weeks before Christmas and here's the lines I'll put them on the screen towards the end of the sonnet it says and Mary stands with all we call too young Elizabeth with all called past their prime they sing today for, the, for all the great unsung women who turned eternity to time. Favored of heaven, outcast on the earth, prophets who bring the best in us 
to birth. Back in the day, I occasionally called myself a poet. Um, I used to write poems uh, when I was trying to get Pastor Jacinta to like me. I wrote lots of poems. Back then, I didn't call her Pastor Jacinta. I just called her Jacinta. That's what was in the poems there, right? But as I, I read this this week, I just have one word that sums up all of these images and the people that we'll see again today. And that word is, and this will be my poetic word for today, the word is unlikely. These people that are primary characters in the birth of Jesus' story, they're just unlikely. I mean, it's unlikely that the first person, watch this, to, to say the gospel out loud would be this older woman. But then we find Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1 saying to Mary, when Mary comes to visit, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She's unlikely to be the one, but Elizabeth is the first person to call Jesus Lord. Sometimes uh, we, we, we need to see in this story that it's unlikely. So come on, somebody say unlikely. It's unlikely that the one to carry Jesus for nine months and deliver him into this world would be a young, poor woman with no social standing, considered to be shameful in her village. It's, it's unlikely that the first person to recognize Jesus as Savior of the world would be a woman at all. Women had no status in the day that Jesus was born. She's unlikely to be the one, but then we see Mary singing this original song that just flows out of her mouth in Luke chapter 1 verse 46 my soul magnifies the lord and my spirit rejoices in god watch this my savior come on say unlikely if you're joining us in our digital experience you can just type that in the comments type unlikely how many times have you decided not to do something because the outcome was unlikely how many people don't really consider Jesus at all in their lives because the whole thing is just so unlikely and it is such an unlikely story. The, the all-powerful source that created everything that we see and created everything that we can't see, the one who has everything, the one who lacks for nothing decides to come in human form and live a human life. Any of you ever lived a human life? The answer is yes, okay. Listen, it's not always easy. It's, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes to use a very scriptural word, I studied all week and found the right commentary to give me the right word. Sometimes it just sucks. If you, I'll get you the reference later if y'all if want that, right? right. Mighty God, all-powerful creator, signs up for this life? Unlikely. And now we're to the good part of the story. I, I want to spend two weeks in these verses. They're so good. And I want you to picture the scene with me. It's, it's a warm evening. It's in a place not so far away. We've established that 5,655 miles, it might seem far away until you find out you can get on a plane and you can be in this same spot, this exact spot tonight. So we're not talking about some fantasy land. We're not talking about Middle Earth here, right? This is a real spot in a land not so far away and really not so long ago, actually. It's the hills 
outside of a town called Bethlehem, flocks of sheep are lying down for the night in these pens that have been created on the side of the hill to keep them in. There are fires going, and the ones who watch over the sheep, let's call them shepherds, they are going to sleep too. In fact, the way these shepherds sleep is they, they stretch themselves out across the, the gates to the pens to protect the sheep. We've got an artist's representation of, of this moment that we're reading about. And this is, by the way, way prettier than it would have been on the ground. Now, in the sky, it probably was just as that pretty. In fact, in the sky, this probably doesn't adequately describe what was going on. But on the ground, it looks a lot prettier than it actually would have been. These shepherds that you see on the ground, they spent their whole life outside in the sun and the wind. And so their skin isn't just tan. They don't just have a good tan. Their skin is worn and it's it's cracked. These guys don't do much manscaping, okay? The, the, the work that they do doesn't really allow for looking great. So most of them, if you looked at them, you'd say, that guy looks pretty rough. They were rough. They had worn out cracked skin. And here they are laid out on the ground sleeping. And all of a sudden, there's an interruption in their night. Every other night has been the same before, but all of a sudden, this spot gets lit. I mean, really lit. All of a sudden, the night sky, the scripture says, is filled with light. And this amazing moment starts with one angel. And then there's a group of angels, too many to count. And then, and let's call him Gabriel, because I think that's who it is, has an announcement to make. It's in verse 10. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, if I had been translating this verse, I would have made the G and the end in good news uppercase. It's good news of great joy. And I want you to remember, we've been talking about this. It's for all the people. Listen, it's for all the people. I wonder if you can help me this morning by letting me know which people it's for. Come on. It's for all of the people. Yes, for all the people, including these shepherds who God chose to spread the word of the birth of Jesus. They would have thought of him by another Bible word, the word Messiah. Messiah, if you use it generically, it means something like leader or savior of a group of people or a, a cause. But for these guys, when they see him as Messiah, it means the one who would come to deliver their people from oppression, from this thing that's very close to slavery under Rome. It, it had been prophesied that this was going to happen for thousands of years, and God chose these shepherds to spread the word of the birth of the Messiah. I've just got to tell you, this is all very unlikely. We don't know much about living the shepherd life in 2021 or about shepherd status, right? If we were posting about it on Instagram, we would say hashtag shepherd status. But for the people who lived during the time of Jesus, they would have said, this is an unusual choice to use these guys as your mouthpiece, that God would choose shepherds for the most important message ever. It's, it's unlikely, and before we enter into baptism today, I need you to know about shepherds because when we think about shepherds, we kind of have romantic images about shepherds today. In fact, the Bible has a lot of examples of the noble shepherd and David was a shepherd who becomes a king and God calls himself a shepherd over the people of Israel. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. But in the, the, by the time Jesus was born, people did not have a high opinion of shepherds. 
In fact, it was exactly the opposite. This is what we've been learning from every person in this Christmas story. Watch this. God didn't just promise that it was going to be good news for all the people. It was something that he was proving as the story happens. I want you to know about shepherd status because God is showing us something here that matters for your life right now. How was the shepherd viewed in the time of Jesus? Not favorably. For instance, the religious authorities of the day couldn't stand the shepherds. The religious leaders, in fact, had such a dislike for shepherds that they kept them from participating in religious ceremonies in Jerusalem. Going to Jerusalem, get this, going to Jerusalem, worshiping God was the most important thing in the life of Jewish people. They did it several times a year. They did it because they were commanded to do it. If you go back to the left side of your Bible, uh, you can find these commands and look them up. They did it because they were commanded to do it. They did it because it was a joyful thing for them to do. They did it because it was a celebration that broke up the monotony and the difficulty of their lives. uh, Jewish people went to Jerusalem to worship, watch this, because it was the highlight of their lives and they loved to do it, but shepherds couldn't come. Everyone else can come, but not you guys. Think about that. The first people that God announced the birth of Jesus to, bells ringing, angels singing, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. They had front row seats to that show, but they could not enter the temple and worship God. I want you to write this down this morning. It's gonna come on the screen. The same people, everyone else turns away. Jesus invites to enter in. Come on, put that on the screen. I wanna see it. The same people that everyone else turns away, Jesus invites to enter in. This is something important to know about Jesus. And and the group of unlikely people just keeps growing. Young people, hey, Mary, right? Older people, what's up, Zachariah and Elizabeth, right? Uh, Poor people, what's up, Joseph? And social outcasts, oh, hey, shepherds in the field keeping watch over your flocks by night. I mentioned that shepherds probably always didn't look the best, but there was another reason. In fact, this is the main reason that religious leaders didn't like them. Are you ready for it? They weren't clean. I mean, how could they be, right? Look at the work that they did. They spend their whole day making direct contact with dirty, smelly sheep. They would have been bloody in their hands, all the cuts and disgrace. I mean, when you spend all of your day down in the, uh, let's call it manure for today, the flies are going to be buzzing around you. That's how bad you smell. And when you smell that bad, sorry, but you're not clean enough to worship with God's people in God's presence. It's really ironic that they were the ones raising the sheep that would be sacrificed in the temple but they couldn't go to the temple themselves. Hmm. I want you to know one more thing about shepherd status, but let me just give you an overall description after spending the last week or so just spending time with with shepherds. I I just wrote down a few sentences that, that, that really give you an overall description. Shepherds were considered dishonest, untrustworthy, unclean thieves. The lowest of the low, these religious leaders called Pharisees had a derogatory term they used for shepherds. And if you translate the word, it means sinners. 
They were shunned by respectable people, and some scholars say they were often considered to be socially on par. Who were they socially on par with? Shepherds, tax collectors, and prostitutes. This is the class that they were in. I was on a train going to Providence, Rhode Island a few years back. It was an Amtrak, and I was on a business trip sitting in business class in the quiet car on my table. I had a hot chocolate. I had my MacBook. I was dressed up for my business meeting, feeling pretty fly. (laughs) And then we made a stop and someone new came into the quiet car and immediately everything changed because this person smelled so bad. I won't describe the smell to you because I don't even want the specific images in your head, but just know that immediately when this person sat down, the row that they sat down in immediately cleared out. When I said it cleared out, they immediately all stood up and left the car. Then the row right behind them cleared out. I'm getting nervous because I'm two rows back, right? But then the row right behind them clears out. When I clear again, when I say cleared out, I mean everyone in the row stood up and left the car. I'm two rows back and where I'm sitting, the smell is so overwhelming. The woman that's right across from me in my row, she starts gagging. And now my row is starting to stand up and me and another guy don't leave, we stay. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that I was hoping to use this for a sermon and so I had a super spiritual reason for staying, okay? I'm not gonna say that. I I think that the guy and I that stayed, we had the same motive. Our motive is we had a really good spot and we didn't wanna lose it, right? That (laughs) That was the motive, right? We're just gonna see how it played out. Within a few minutes, there was a conductor in the car and this man was ushered out into another car, and then on the next stop where we stopped the train stop, I could see him being ushered off the train. This is what we do with unclean people. We move away from them. We remove them. This is the way of the world, isn't it? I want you to take one more thing home with you. You might not have heard of the Mishnah. Uh, I'm going to try not to geek out too much here this morning, but there's the Torah. The Torah is the first five books of our Bible, also called the books of Moses. These are the books of law that God gave his people Israel. And then there were rabbis and teachers, just like there are today, who taught the people what the Torah had to say. These rabbis all had human interpretation of what the Torah was trying to teach. And so there's different rabbis with different interpretations. And so the Mishnah, you can find it on line. Believe me now, check me out later. It was a a guide to life where these interpretations were written down. It's important because it was a guide for how Jewish people were supposed to live. And the Mishnah did not have kind things to say about shepherds. By the way, I'm looking across this crowd today, and I know that there's some people here that are new to all this church stuff and and maybe figuring out what you think about Jesus. So you hear talk about Torah and the Mishnah. I know it can be a lot. I get it. We're glad you're here. No matter what part of your journey you're on, this is a place you can belong even before you believe, right? So welcome. But get this, rabbis in the Mishnah, the common interpretation said that shepherds are incompetent. Now, when they used the word incompetent, they were just using another word for what we would call stupid. In fact, this is what the rabbi said. This is an actual taken exactly from the Mishnah, and I'm interpreting a little bit, but this is what it says. These guys are so incompetent that if they fall into a pit, you don't even have to rescue them. 
This is what the teacher said about shepherds. If they're stupid enough to fall into a pit, then you can just leave them there to die. This is shepherd status. Imagine being a shepherd in a society where you can't do the thing that everybody else wants to do. You can't go worship in the temple. How insulting is that? You've got the same status as a prostitute, but here's the ultimate insult. If you're trapped and you need help, no one should even feel obligated to help you out. Are you getting this? You're headed somewhere and your tire blows out and you're stuck on the side of the road, but you know no one is going to help you because the leaders of your country have taught everyone that it's perfectly fine for them to pass right by someone like you. Huh, this reminds you of any other story? It reminds me of the story that Jesus told called the Good Samaritan. You know, this one guy is beaten up. He's dying, lying on the side of the road, left to die. And after two people pass him by, two religious guys, by the way, finally, the third person who's not supposed to stop, culturally, they shouldn't have stopped, but that's the one that does stop and cares for him. But listen, only one third of that story is about the guy that stopped and cared. Two thirds of that story is about what? Religious guys who passed him by. This is the way of the world. It's the strong that survive. It's survival of the fittest. It's the powerful that win. It's the beautiful that are featured. It's the intelligent that maneuvers successfully. It's the people who smell good and look clean that get embraced. And Jesus say, says, I know it's unlikely, but we're not playing that game anymore. He comes to shepherds. Let me just say this to, to some people who call Broad River Church home today, people who are in our digital experience that call Broad River Church your home, home church. This is something that's, I'm just saying it prophetically right now. 2022 is going to be a year of overflow in many, many ways. But one of the ways it's gonna be that kind of year is because this church is going to stop passing by those who our world does not feel are worthy to be rescued. I need to close right when I'm getting warmed up here because it's time to baptize. But now, now you know about when the angels announced to them the birth of the Messiah. The angel said, this is good news, a great joy. And God say, hey, let's not just promise it. Let's not just say it's for all the people. Let's show them right from the beginning, the good news of Jesus. We said this a couple weeks ago, is that no matter what stage of life you're in, it is good news for you. But here's where it goes further than that. It's also good news for no matter who you are or where you've come from or what you've done. God came to rescue people from all levels of society. He came for people from all backgrounds and experiences. He came for people who worked hard and did the right thing. Lots of the shepherds worked hard and did the right thing. People still thought they weren't worthy. He also came for people who thought that they were worthy and everybody thought that they were doing the right, right thing, but they weren't. He came for them too. He came for unclean people. He came for bloody people. He came for rough people. Now you might not use any of those words to describe yourself. You might not think of yourself in those ways, but at the very least, if he came for them, that means he came for you too. So you haven't done too much. 
you haven't traveled too far away, this is the good news of Christmas, that no matter what season of life you are in right now, here's what you can know. You are loved by God. And this is more, way more, when I say you're loved by God, this is way more than, oh, he can tolerate you being around even when you don't smell the best. No, it's way more than that. He delights in you. He delight, you delight him no matter where you've been. I have a, a, a mentor that often says he loves you so much that if he had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. I love that. You delight him no matter where you've been or who you've been or whether you're in the final years of your life, your twilight years, or you're just in the beginning and unsure of the future, God still can and will use you for eternal purpose. He wants to embrace you right now. We're gonna release those that are being baptized today to, to get ready right now would be the time to get ready to go. And let me just, just say right now, we have at least one that I know of that's being baptized, but right now is a time to respond. If you would like to be baptized today, as I mentioned before, everything that you need is ready for you. You'll go back and get ready, come out here, and today will be the day that you made the decision to be baptized. So I wanna encourage you, if that's you today, even right now, or as I'm praying, you can stand up and go, and our team is ready to receive you to be baptized today. Today is your day. Today is your day. Today is your day. He wants to embrace you right now. Lord, I thank you for the way that you've loved us. How many times, Lord, have we missed out on something good because we thought it was unlikely? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to miss out today. That once again, you've called our name. Once again, you've put yourself in front of us. Once again, you've said, here I am, choose me. So we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that you aren't distant from us. Thank you, Lord, that you're unfamiliar with the ways that we fail. You're not unfamiliar with the ways that we fall short. You're not unfamiliar, Lord, with the way that we look and the way that we smell and the way that we act and those that we have hurt. You're not unfamiliar, Lord, with the ways that we have distanced ourselves from you and still you call our name. Still, Lord Jesus, you say you belong to me and I want you in my house. So thank you, Lord, for the way that you loved us. Thank you, the way that you love people that are sitting in this room today. In every single chair, someone that's loved by God. Before we move into baptism today, I, I just want to give people a chance to just say with your lips what's something that's happening in your heart, and that is that I feel like as you've come today, and maybe as we were singing, or maybe as I was speaking, you just had this sense that Jesus was calling your name. And I, I want you to know that that's, that's what that move in your heart has been. So I'd like to lead you in a prayer today. And this, this prayer that we pray does not equal you being saved. You were saved because God chose you. That's the way that that works. But what we do when we lift our hand and we proclaim Jesus with our lips is we're just, we're just indicating a step of faith in our hearts 
to say, Lord, I wanna make a decision to follow you. So if that's you today and you feel like today is supposed to be the first day of your new life with Jesus, you'd like to make him ruler and leader of your life while nobody's looking around, everybody has their heads bowed. No one's paying attention to you right now except for God. This is a moment between you and God. But I'd love to know who I'm leading in a prayer today. So would you just let me know if that's you today just by lifting your hands. Come on all over this room. If it's you, just lift your hands so I can know who I'm praying with. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your hand. Amen. There's hands going up all over this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can put your hands down. Broad River Church, we get the great honor of praying along with these people that are praying this for the first time or for maybe for the first time in a long time. Just say these words after me. Say, thank you, Jesus, for loving me with a never-ending love. Thank you for calling my name. Thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your resurrection and for the new life that I have in you. Now turn my heart back to you. Forgive me of my sins. I wanna follow you all of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us here at Broad River Church. Our heart is that you would come to know God find freedom, discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. If you'd like to take a next step in your journey following Jesus, just visit broadriver.church slash next steps. We'll see you next time.